but um, uh, I think that regardless of age, a person needs to have a vision of what's in front and what can be instead of looking to the past of uh, shoulda, coulda, woulda. We right. all have those. That's what repentance is about, mm. is to repent of our bad deeds. But we can't live there. We have to move to the point of God's presence. And God's presence is always positive and helpful and growing. Welcome, everyone, to the Kingdom REI Podcast. This is your host, Ellis Hammond, and this is the podcast for kingdom leaders who are also ambitious about advancing God's kingdom uh, through life in their business and having just a, 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 a review today uh, for several reasons. Um, he wrote a book that I think we're all going to get a lot from. But here's a man, we have similar stories. This is why I was excited to interview him. He was a former pastor uh, or has, you know, ton, you know, over 17 years being in pastoral ministry, uh, but also has been very successful in his business career and real estate investing. And not to mention, he's got a few gray hairs, uh, a few gray hairs right now. And so he's got some age and some wisdom that I think we can learn from. Young, 82 years old. Welcome, everyone, to the show, Mr. Marshall Pryor. How are you, sir? Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, well, we're excited to have you, man, to the Kingdom REI podcast and get you introduced to the Kingdom REI community. Uh, this really is a group, a community of people that love God and uh, really see their business as a means in which to advance God's kingdom, the sword in which they've been called to really wield uh, for His glory, man. So excited to have you here with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, well, well, Marshall, before we get into the episode and talking about your book and your journey, tell our people just a little bit about yourself, where you're at in the world, um, you know, and maybe even just how we got introduced, kind of what you're up to right now and what God's called you and inspiring you to do for others. Yes. As it is right now, I'm the owner of an assisted living facility for developmentally disabled men, and we're licensed by the state of California and vendored by one of the regional issues companies, nonprofits in the state of California. And um, um, I got into this by, um, by a, a roundabout issue. Um, it, it's a long story, but uh, I, I can go into it if you want. <laughs> well, we, yeah, we, we, we're going to get into a lot today. No, I, I, I do love that. And, and then you also came out with a book. It's called Sinking Sand, Solid Rock. When did you, when did you write this book? It, it was within the last 10 to 12 months, yes. Wow. And um, what inspired you to write this now? I think I needed uh, the catharsis of it all. I, I wanted to get it out there for my children and for people to know who I was in mm. how this thing developed into a business career. Because I really didn't leave the ministry as such from being pushed out. I left because of I was unable to to uh, uh, to solve my own 
marital problems. That comes to the end. That's that's the the bottom line. I was yeah. unable to do that, and so my wife chose to move on, and uh, and uh, I chose to go into business. It's that simple, and wow. there's no right or wrong yeah. or who did this or who did that. It's just a, an unfortunate change. Right. Right. Well, man, I, I, and sure, there's been a ton of lessons uh, from that that we're going to map out. Well, I want to get in, man. We we always start with prayer and uh, just asking God to really bless our time together. So let me just pray for us, Marshall, if you wouldn't mind, man, yes. and we'll, we'll, we'll get into this. Wonderful. Fa- Father in heaven, we thank you so much. Thank you for just bringing the collision of, of this relationship together. I'm sure there's so much we can glean from a brother like Marshall uh, with his experience, his wisdom. Um, and even just the legacy he's left in writing this book for his children, for his family. I pray that there would be principles and truths that would come out of this, that would teach and shape us as kingdom-minded men and women really trying to walk with you for a lifetime as well and teach our kids to walk with you for a lifetime as well. And so we lift all this up to you in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. So, Marsh, before we get into this book, I, I, I posted something on LinkedIn today, and I want to read it to you. Because, um, you know, it's interesting that, you know, you're, you, you sent me your age. I feel like I can share your age. It's 82 uh, years old. Perfectly okay. 82 years old. So, you know, you, you, you been doing You've been around a long time, right? You've been around the block a couple of times, but I feel like most folks, at least the guys I know at 82, the things they want to talk about the most are the old days, the memories. And so this quote really stuck with me. I was reading this book by Dan Sullivan called Who Not How. And in that book, he has a quote, and the quote says this. It says, we remain young to the degree that our ambitions are greater than our memories. I'll read that again for our audience. It says, we remain young to the degree that our ambitions are greater than our memories. What do you think, what does that quote mean to you? And, and at 82, writing a book like this, can you speak to that about staying ambitious, staying young, um, looking towards the future than just maybe being okay with what you've accomplished in the past? Yes. In, uh, in the Old Testament, there is a statement that says, without a vision, the people perish. Now, I understand that's in a different context, but... Um, Uh, I think that regardless of age, a person needs to have a vision of what's in front and what can be instead of looking to the past of uh, shoulda, coulda, woulda. We all have those. That's what repentance is about, Mm. is to repent of our bad deeds. But we can't live there. We have to move to the point of God's presence, and God's presence is always positive and helpful and growing. Uh, In fact, the scripture says we are to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so this is my second book. And and I think in both, it gives a future for people to reach for. And in my case, it just so happened that uh, my future involved some very exciting business opportunity. Cool. I'm glad you got it. Well, let's jump in then. So, um, Marshall, you you just came out with this book, Sinking Sand, Solid Rock. Wow. 
yes. talk to us kind of the motivation to to release a book now and and let's let's dive into really the message that is in this but first talk about why'd you release a book you know at i mean in in this in this stage of life what what was the message that you're trying to reach people with well the 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 real message i think is that people should know that um through the mercy and grace of god life is never over mm. you can keep going and never give up and uh, so many things happened in my early life that uh, were shocking uh challenging and uh, and uh, then uh in my later life um times have changed the last 40 years of my life have been uh, amazingly thrilling um and the way god worked things out in my life real estate professionals i'm talking to you are you serious about growing and scaling your real estate business or portfolio this year do you lack a community of peers who share your ambitious vision and love for god Listen, I know early on I felt like I had to choose between these two passions. Oftentimes my communities were split between business and faith, and there really wasn't a place where both entrepreneurial success and kingdom advancement was being celebrated. This is why we started the Kingdom REI Mastermind, the real estate mastermind for kingdom leaders who are investors, fund managers, syndicators, brokers, lenders, eager to honor God and transform their communities through business success. Look, we've helped more than two dozen real estate professionals just like yourself find resources, partners, or just even giving them permission to take their business to the next level while keeping the main focus on the kingdom of God. So, uh, listen, if you're interested, this is truly an application-only community. Why? Because inside of our mastermind, relationships are everything. We believe this is the key to growth, and I want to invite you to see if you qualify by heading over to thekingdomrei.com and filling out an application. I personally screen all applications, and if I think we can help you, we'll set up a call to discuss further. Look, there's no reason you shouldn't head over to thekingdomrei.com to learn more. Request your invitation. Start building relationships and doing deals with the best kingdom leaders in the industry. We have testimony after testimony to prove that you are literally one connection away from the faith, the family, and the business success that you desire. So don't wait any longer. Head to thekingdomrei.com. I love that message because, I mean, 40 years, and I'm not saying you had a lot of success in those first 40 years, but sure, there's a lot of people listening. Maybe you are. there is someone listening here that, you know, think about to have some struggles in the first 40 years and to think, like, I just spent half my life, my life, you know, but I mean, 40 years is a long time. Am I right, Marshall? There's a lot of things that can change. And so many people will think that life is over, but it's not over. Yeah. When through prayer, through persistence, through God's mercy and grace, uh, there are things out there that would blow your mind. So let me ask you this. How, how, how does someone, and I have a couple people in mind here that are struggling how do they like the hardest thing marshall is the reset it's like because you've been battling or down for so long that you know even from a psychological standpoint you've trained your brain to think negative in some ways to expect the worst to be pessimistic how do you 
turn or reset from that? You know, can you help us answer that question? Well, first of all, prayer. There is no substitute for prayer. And uh, somehow, some way in God's timing and through surrender of one's life com completely and totally, God works things out. We can work things out to a degree. We have that ability to, to move forward. However, there is no substitute for the mercy and grace of God. And in mm -hmm. my experience, there were things that happened along the way, inch by inch, it's a cinch, right? And so God seemed to open doors when there were no doors open. And I, I have to emphasize that to give glory to God. Yeah. So talk us through a little more kind of what we, you know, I mean, I, I think that's an incredible, I mean, that, that's a book I want to read, right? I mean, so, but talk, talk to us the things that, that we're going to learn. I mean, the major takeaways from this uh, and some of the things that you learned along this journey. Mm -hmm. Well, um, when I uh, resigned my church because of a break in my marriage, um, I had no experience in applying for jobs. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I was two weeks away from sitting on the curb somewhere with my two children. Um, I didn't know how to, uh, to uh, reorient my, my mind to the business world. Mm -hmm. And um, so, so um, I happened to stumble into the bank that, uh, that uh, they had previously given us a small loan for the church. So I stumbled in there in downtown Sacramento and the manager of the bank happened to be there. So they brought him over and we sat down, shot the bull for a little bit. And then I told him, I said, well, I guess you've heard that uh, my wife has chosen to go on down the road. And he laughed and said, well, uh, what's that got to do with the cheese in China? And, uh, <laughs> and I, I couldn't laugh. And I started to cry. Mm -hmm. Tears came to my eyes. And I thought, how crazy is this for a grown man sitting in a bank talking to a man that I think might be able to help me what what's going on here see god takes over so uh we shot the bull for a little bit and i left that's it and so uh the very next day he called me and he said would you meet me at the sutter club downtown with a client of mine i said sure so we met downtown uh, the following day and uh, and his client came in who had a polyester suit on light blue black shoes with mud on them and i uh, shook hands friendly my style and uh, uh, we talked and he asked me some questions etc cetera, etc cetera. and uh, that's that's it he left and uh, there was nothing I could do. So 
the following Saturday morning. Did you know or think that he was uh, he was asking for a job or looking no, for? Like, no, I didn't know. I didn't know what this was all about, except that I thought, well, maybe I need at least a hundred dollars to keep me from sitting on the curb somewhere, right. homeless with two children. Right. And uh, so, uh, so uh, he called me the following Saturday morning early and said, I will be there in 30 minutes and hung up. I guess he thought I would recognize his voice, which I did. He pulls up to my curb about 40 minutes later, 30, 45 minutes later and, and in a limousine. And it kind of shocked me, you know, I'd never been in a limousine my entire life. And uh, so I thought, well, what door am I supposed to use? And since <laughs> you're supposed to use the back door to get into the limousine, I opened that door and all he said was, sit up there. And so I put my tail between my legs and I opened the front door and the driver was there. So I sat up there. We went to downtown Sacramento and met with a gentleman who was the uh, uh, legal counsel for the Democratic Party. I'm not a Democrat. I, I'm nothing as far as that's concerned. But uh, I sat up front. Uh, we talked to this gentleman in his office, and they talked about some very personal, private, confidential information. And I sat there and thought, why am I here? What, why is he allowing me to hear these things? So from there, we drove all the way to San Francisco, which is about 90 minute drive. And we went into the city center and into George Moscone's office. George Moscone was later uh, assassinated as you probably know. And he was the mayor of, of San Francisco. So I, uh, I sat there as they laughed and joked and talked, or as actually George laughed and talked, the, the gentleman that, was, that had brought me along uh, said nothing except mm -hmm. just once in a while he made a comment. But George put his feet up on the desk and laughed and talked and it was a fun time. From there, we went to the Getty Mansion and everybody knows who the Gettys are, I, I would presume. And, uh, for kind of a cocktail party. I'd never been to a cocktail party. I was a conservative <laughs> evangelical Christian. What am I going to do? So, but anyway, walked around, talked. There were a lot of people there were some media people and they didn't look too, too overwhelming either. So after that was over, we walked a few doors down to the Shapiro mansion and uh, guess who showed up? Uh, Joe Biden and his wow. brother Jim. And so from there, and I, there's much more to this story, but I can't reveal it all right now. But then we went to the Fairmont Hotel in San Francisco and met with Joe and his brother for a couple of hours before there was a meeting at the top of the Bank of America building. And uh, Joe spoke there. Uh, I will say that at that time, the people were quite mouthy, uh, especially some of the ladies, and they were not impressed with Biden. I'll just have to throw that in there at that particular time. And uh, so when we, when we left, uh, 
that that and it was late at night by that time well uh my gentleman that had picked me up asked me to drive the limousine to the airport and i did he got out of the car and um uh, and said um i'll call you and i want you to pick me up at the sacramento airport he was gone for a few days i had left the limousine at my house and um and from that point on i learned that i was to be his executive assistant wow and he was a multi multi-billionaire and owned 78 skilled nursing facilities and that's how i got into um the the um assisted living business so i've been in that business uh, although i was uh, did pass the stockbroker's exam and for 26 years i was a stockbroker so that's my story <laughs> that took a turn right it, there it, it went it went everywhere didn't it that's incredible so here you are not sure what to do this multi-billionaire yeah. essentially takes you under his wing and makes you his executive assistant and you really begin to operate his businesses for the next and and i didn't have to sit on a curb with two children Amen. homeless <laughs> wow Hey, real estate investors, those of you still on the fence about the Kingdom REI Mastermind, I want to let you know about an upcoming event we have in August of this year in Dallas, Texas. We are bringing together some of the biggest names, brightest minds of the multifamily industry for a three-day event. This is the exclusive opportunity for our Kingdom REI Mastermind to really get together and learn from industry leaders who are also kingdom-minded and the chance to rub shoulders with the right partners who can help you grow and scale your real estate business. So if you're interested in the Kingdom REI Mastermind and attending an event like this, go to thekingdomrei.com to request your invitation. That's thekingdomrei.com. Wow. So, I, I, I mean, I have to ask you this now that I know that, you know, a multi-billionaire was your mentor for at least two or three decades, it sounds like. I mean, what are the... What were some, some of the things you learned from watching, observing, you know, living life alongside a guy? Like, how, how does a multi-billionaire think differently about money, capital, Marshall, well, that might be helpful for our audience? Yeah, this gentleman only had a sixth grade education. Let's put it right up front. And uh, we were on a plane coming back from someplace in Mexico. And he asked me if I knew anything about Medicaid. So I started mumbling along and saying stuff that I knew, but I didn't know. And finally, he stopped me and he said, if you don't know something, ask. So I learned that if you don't know what you're talking about, ask questions. It's mm -hmm. okay to ask questions. That's one thing. And I think he learned that because he got started in the early 60s building a one nursing home. He bought a 12-bed old folks home. That was before nursing homes and especially skilled nursing facilities came into being. And so he just asked himself to success. Wow. That's the first thing. And uh, I think he hired people along the way that uh, did know something. Now, what do I know and why did he hire me? I have no idea, but I do know 
that he had some of his people visit some of my church members and ask them about me. And he did some research or his people did some research on me to see if I was real. And I think he wanted somebody that he could speak confidentially to and uh, I would keep it confidential. So um, I think that's, that's another thing he had people you know, I think that's really interesting, Marshall, like when you get to that level, you know, uh, who knows what skills you had in as, as an executive assistant, if any, but how trust, especially as you go, you know, at, at that level, at a billion, at a billionaire level, I'm sure he didn't have many people he could trust at that, at that you know, what I mean, to think that you, you kind of came out from nowhere that he already didn't have someone that he had that level of trust with is, yeah. is really interesting. Yeah, and and that was rather shocking to me that he would um, that he would choose me. Mm -hmm. But after I got into his organization, which was really not all that complex, um, I understood that these men at that level have very very few people that they can really bounce information off of or could share personal information with and so consequently i think that's one of the things that uh, that brought him to me uh, through this banker mm -hmm. and so as we so the sinking sand solid rock it's it's evident that your your mission with this book is to help people see that regardless of your, your outcomes, your circumstances, regardless of how it might feel that you're sinking, that you have a solid rock in God. Absolutely. Um, I, I knew that Christ was in my life. I knew that, but for some reason, I could never get my behavior to... Uh, to sync with what my my spirit was, and uh, when I mean by by behavior, it's just that that my whole life, even as a little boy growing up and as a pastor's kid, I don't know if my parents had anything to do with that. Uh, uh, they were wonderful people. Our home was a happy home, but for some reason, just could not keep from doing stupid things, you know. And, um, and uh, what I learned also is that the hurts of life can really bring a person uh, to their senses. Mm. And that's uh, especially what my book is about, too, is how those things, those events in life bring a person to learning a lot of, of lessons in life. So, Marshall, since you have the pastoral ministry background that we share, and then you spent decades in the world of business and around very high level forms of business you know this is an audience that they're they're leading companies they have investments um we we use this term that capital equals influence often and that money flows to value in your experience in working alongside this man and creating companies and business how did you see those things come about like that 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 capital can be as a means of actually doing really good kingdom impact 
in that if we focus on value, money will really flow. I mean, is, is that true? Is, is that is that right? Even up when you're working alongside of billionaires? Uh, uh, express that again, maybe in a different sure. way. I, I'm curious to understand your your take on money and profit and capital. You know, now that you've been in the business world, because these are folks that are Christians that love God and want to see His kingdom grow, but they're not in full time ministry. They're in the business world. They're in the marketplace. And I want to, I just want to hear your experience now that you've been in both. A lot of people don't think that's possible to really fully live into a true calling from God and be full time in the marketplace. Curious to hear your, your, uh, your take on that now that you've, you spent half your life in one and half your life in the other. Yeah. Well, uh, for one thing, let's start with the, with the scripture. My understanding is, is that Jesus said more about money and the things money can buy than he did heaven and hell in the scripture. That is the words of Jesus. And uh, that's a good starting place right there. But as far, and I'm not a prosperity gospel follower. Sure. I am not into that. That's beyond me. I, I don't want any part of it. But uh, <clears throat> there's something about faith and hope uh, and how that works on a person's mind. And I think that uh, just, just uh, exploring and asking questions. And that's, I guess that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Uh, ask questions. If you don't know, ask questions. And even a person who knows can learn something from somebody if they just ask questions. And uh, what, what uh, in my life, getting into the business world, I started out after having been a, a, a part of this gentleman's life, is <clears throat> I did something that was totally beyond me. I'm, I'm not a mathematician. I have I struggle with math and so forth my whole life, but I took the um, the stockbroker's exam, and I I failed miserably four times. I could not pass that test. I'm sorry, I failed three times. The fourth time, I said, I better go to a seminar. <clears throat> And I better find out what's going on here because I need to pass this exam. <coughs> so I went to a seminar. I learned what I was doing, found out how to pass this test. And voila, suddenly I passed my stockbroker's exam. And for 26 years, I was a stockbroker. During that period of time, I also uh, learned about taxes and became a, a, a tax professional. And, uh, and I picked up my clients there and learned what they were doing. And, uh, and so uh, I, I learned by asking questions. Mm. And, uh, and I think that would be the, the, the starting point. And I, I had some experience with assisted living and nursing homes. <clears throat> and, and so 
um, I decided to get my own license for assisted living and uh, nursing homes. And, uh, and inch by inch, it's a cinch. So I, I got into that business and I've been in that business for a number of years now. Marshall, what, um, what are you excited about right now? I mean, you have this book. I mean, what are you, you know, how, how, what, what gets you excited thinking about the next 10, 20, 30 years, 40 years, <laughs> is the, the next 40 years, right? Chapter three. Yes. yes. Well, <clears throat> well, uh, I never give up. That's one thing I never give up. And just because I'm 82 years of age, I'm not giving up. Right. I'm continuing on. And I've written two books. That's one thing. And I'll probably write a third before too long. Uh, but, uh, but I, I think, uh, I think being in the business I'm in is a comfortable business because I can have people, uh, I can hire people who know what they're doing to run the businesses. And, uh, my future, I think, is as bright as the promises of God, and so consequently, um, I'm looking for the for the next uh, next venture. Let's mm -hmm. put it that way. But I I do I know about the assisted living business from top to bottom, so I think I'll stay in that. That that's area. good to know. We might have some <coughs> guys reach out to you about that, Marshall. What's something that you've changed your mind about in the last six months? You know, I know it's hard for an 82-year-old man to change his mind about anything, but, oh, but what yeah. have you changed your mind on? Anything, personal, business, yeah. in the last six months? Well, I think that uh, uh, partnerships are, are critical and can be devastating. I've had some partners that, uh, that just didn't know what ethics was. And so I think that uh, having partners is a wonderful thing, wonderful way to go, but you have to be really careful about that. And, and right now, <clears throat> my partners in the assisted living business are marvelous, wonderful, ethical people. And um, also, um, I make sure that every penny is accounted for. And I have an assistant, uh, an administrative assistant that pays the bills and works from that standpoint. But I, in the, the bottom line is I do the accounting. Mm. So uh, before years ago, I would just trust and trust is wonderful, but there's always a but. And I think uh, within the last few months, last few years, I've, uh, I've made certain that I, uh, that I associate with the right kind of people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Marshall, I've loved having you on, man. It's been fun to hear from yeah. you, hear about your experience and your journey. I'm excited to see where God continues to lead and guide and, and, and the influence that you have with this book. Yeah. I'm rooting for you, man. And, and, and if there's a way, maybe there's a way we could, we could partner on some assistant yeah. living facility deals, man. <laughs> I like that a lot, right? So we have a, a, a large network of investors who would be very interested in things like yeah. that. So let's, you know, yes, there's a lot sir. of levels we could stay in touch on. Okay. So good to talk to you, and I appreciate you having me on. Marshall, thank you, man. Nice meeting you. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
Hey, just because the show's over doesn't mean the journey is. Listen, if you're a faith-driven real estate professional or investor, then you'll want to go to the Kingdom rei.com to learn about our mastermind if you're interested in investing alongside me in alternative investments like multifamily apartment complexes then head to ellishammond.com to learn more about that cheers